Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Episode two fourteen, and two games last night around the NHL. I mean, I guess we could call them statement games. We'll uh, we'll talk about those in a few minutes. We are going to do over the next couple of days. What are we doing, Craig? It's the All Star break, but what are we doing? We're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do grades now. I know it's 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 over. It's a little over the halfway point. What do the Sabers play right now? Forty nine. Um, I think they played 49 50 games after last 50 night. Games. 50 okay. last night. Yeah. So it's 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 a little bit over um halfway point in the season, but we're gonna do our halfway uh halfway all star uh, break. All star break. Yeah. Third third of the way through the season grades. Yes. And we can do the grades whenever whenever we want to do the grades. How's that? So we're yeah. gonna grade the team. I heard from a very reliable source, okay, that you were bragging. About your quads yesterday. Okay, that's let me, scary. Let that's me, scary. Let me read. I know exactly who you're talking about now. Like, listen, your source <laughs> has been, uh, you know, bulging, sexy. Ultimately, listen. I'm just going to tell you this incredible. right now. I'll I'll tell you the same story that I was uh, standing at the rink last night with three three guys, three men. Okay. Um. And I just very simply stated when I was getting dressed into my junior Sabres pants and stuff like that, before I came to the rink, I had to throw the old jeans off. Okay. What kind and of all of a sudden, did you, have on? did you have on boxer briefs, boxers, tidy whities? What, what's a tidy whitey is like, what? Like, like no, it's it, like a boxer, like not loose boxers, like the, the ones that uh, keep the package briefs. nice yeah. and tight. Okay. Yeah. So boxer briefs. And uh, I just threw the the jeans off. All of a sudden, walked by the uh, walked by a full length mirror. Okay, and all of a sudden, I realized like I haven't worked out in ten years. Like not one single time. Like if I were to if I were to squat a forty five pound bar, my ass would be so sore I wouldn't be able to shit for a week on the toilet. Okay, <laughs> like you you remember those days when we started when you after first seasons? started after the season it the hurt first to, week. So yeah. sit down and go to the bathroom. You man. couldn't like, sit you down had, for you had almost to hold ten on to days. The wall. <laughs> Exactly. So you remember those times. If I were to squat right now a 45 pound bar, I'd have super, I'd have they my legs would be killing me, right? But I'm but I'm sitting there. Haven't touched these, haven't touched these bad boys in 10 years. Okay. And I'm walking by the full length mirror and holy shit, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I got a nice leg, man. Got a nice little little bar, bulge on the side of the the thigh there, you know, still, still nice look, nice looking calf, you know. 
just I'm just saying. And I was telling the boys last night. Uh, I surprised myself. Uh, the old full length mirror, you know. And uh, I heard the, the I legs heard, look good. The I legs heard look you good. You were very happy. Yeah, with the lower half of your body. Oh yeah. Uh, like <laughs> listen, I mean, just pulled up the old uh, underwear there, package just nice and tight, be, and the legs looked awesome. Maybe you should be a model for like senior citizen underwear or something like that. Is that right, eh? Bottom half. Yeah. I could see you in the Sears catalog for sure. Totally yeah. in the Sears catalog. Yep. All right. Let's talk some hockey last night. Two game, two, I said statement games. And I would have to say yes. they were sta- statement games. And I, 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 I want to mention something about last night's game between the Sabres and Hurricanes. And Don Granado has been known lately for resting the team versus having them on the ice practicing. And and I like this philosophy to a certain extent, but oh, here's the but. No, no, no. But I sometimes you can go stale, like all this stuff, you know, and I I think that too much rest can be can can backfire. And I wonder if maybe that's a little bit of what happened last night because you saw Carolina was all over them. They played the night before. Yeah. And they were they looked like the fresher team. So I I just wonder what your philosophy is on that. I mean, I'm not, I think it's wonderful when I heard that and I I'm like, that's new school coaching and I bet the players love it and I bet it's working and helping. But then again, is some of it to prevent storylines? Like what's wrong with Tage Thompson or, you know, like that that's where my mind goes after last night. So I just, I just wonder if you think there's, there's a negative to too much rest or time. off. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, do you, do you, do you laid, like, do you like that he's, do you like that they're not practicing as much? Do you like that? Or you I, don't like it? I liked it. I just wonder if it came because lately. So you think one game backfired and let me get, let me make my point and then you can, then you can the, talk. It, listen, so you're playing what you're asking the best me team in, in the conference or listen, they, sh- they freaking laid an egg against literally the, one of the best teams in the NHL that are veteran laden that, that have goaltending defense and all 12 forwards are studs. Okay. They're all incredible players. This whole team is like a machine. You will not beat Carolina hurricanes ever. Unless you play to their standard, which the Sabres did not. Okay. They made mistakes. They they looked like a young um, team that is literally still trying to find their way. But let's not dwell on one game. Okay. You look at, you know, Buffalo lost in a shoot against Minnesota, picked up a point. Before that, they won 3 uh, 2 against Winnipeg. Game before that, Buffalo won. Five three against St. Louis. The game before that, Buffalo won three two in overtime. The game before that, six three against Anaheim. The game before that, three two against the Islanders. The Buffalo Sabers have played incredible hockey, incredible hockey. They've played a lot of hockey too, and you're starting to have those. Um, you're starting to have that time in the season. Okay, it's kind of like we talk about the dog days moving into the All Star game, moving in the All Star break, and players are dragging a bit they're they're dealing with injuries most of these guys have banged up you know hip flexors knees shoulders wrists elbows um back i mean you know this hamstrings bothering you on the right hand side which which just creates more problems as as you play through things and right now don granado has made a decision okay probably through some analytics 
and and his feel for what he's seeing with this team is he does not want to overtax these men. Okay. He does not want to overpractice. There's so many games that they're looking at rest at I this have, time of year. I have no problem. Very important. I have no problem with that. I like it. Okay. In fact, you know, okay. it's like the Wednesday in between the St. Louis Winnipeg game. That's great. Give him the give him the time off. Like yep. not a day off. Come to the rink, get your therapy, you know, do all that stuff. Maybe get a, a light bike ride in, whatever, roll yep. out the muscles, whatever these kids do these days. Well, you remember, you remember the-, the time when Lindy was, when we were with Lindy, Lindy's philosophy too, was there, there's a point in the season at the start of the season, you need to practice. You're working on systems. You have some new players that are coming into the team. You need to form and get everybody on the same page. So you he's, do a lot of practice on conditioning too. I mean, you're working on conditioning, you're working on team uh, concepts, you're working on everything. But once you, once you're hitting the 40 game mark, the halfway, you know, and even before that you start to have little nagging injuries that creep up on players, you know, the start of the season, there's no one in the, in, in the, um, you know, the training room, the athletic room, because no one has any injuries. By the time you hit game 20, you have multiple guys, ice bags. By the time you hit game 40, you have multiple players that are in there dealing with small, uh, you know, whether it's uh, muscle tissue, whether it's strains, whether it's groin pulls, hip flexor pulls, backs are starting to seize up a little bit and they're out of place. So they need to be corrected. And it's just going on and on and on. Don Granado's made a decision. I love the decision because Lindy Ruff did the exact same thing when I was playing on the Sabres and coaches basically identify at a certain point in the season if you do practice there's no more hour and 15 or an hour and a half practice where they're yelling and they're banging their sticks and we gotta be better we gotta now it's about managing and trying to get truly the top of the performance and these practices are 25 minutes long very quick very high high tempo and then you're off the ice you're done get off the ice and let's let's make sure that your your tank is full when you go to play these games. And they I, done I, and a I, great I job. get it. I was just asking, and I I played for I played for Jacques Lemaire, and he and Lindy had very similar philosophies. Although I never heard it verbalized the way someone did about Jacques. Someone said that Jacques Lemaire believed that if you take one day off, you get out you you not get out of shape, but you're not in as good a shape. Like that one day hurts you. Versus but when when was Jock when was Jock coaching? Oh, this was I my this was my last year in the league, so it was okay. 09, so ten, so oh nine ten, and, and he coached a the little years bit after before that. that. Jacques Lemaire, when I when I started with the Montreal Canadiens ninety four ninety five season was my first year pro. I p- played a couple games with the Montreal Canadiens. Jacques Lemaire was part of the staff. He was there, so he's been he's been coaching a very long time in this league. Yeah. That was 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years 30, ago, 30 years ago. The, the analytics, okay, are showing that athletes need more time and you're going to get more out of a player by not beating them down. They need rest. Rest is massive. And you look at the technology of these, what's happening with all these sports teams now. It's not just, you know, you didn't play well. So the next day I'm going to bag skate the team. 
No, it's, they need days rest. They need mental days rest. And, um, they, I think the Sabres right now and Don Granato, this, this information came out that he was the, that the team has not practiced very much, but it's exactly what needs to happen right now. These players know how to play. They know their system. If you want to work on a little power play because you're changing a player um, in and out of, of that position, then that's fine. But I don't you- know. Hockey's interesting. I, I feel like there's an element of sharpness that you get from practice. And I'm, I'm not sitting here preaching as if I, you know, was the guy who loved to practice, but I, I'm saying this from the standpoint of performance and observing over the last 10 years, especially how yeah. the game has changed, right? Like it's every player's and, different and the, though. And the philosophy. Yeah. Every player is different. So but I, like when but I was in San Jose, you played a tired, you played a tired Carolina team last night. Okay. Who played the night before has been grinding the entire season to be where they are in the standings. And they played a very fresh up and coming Sabres team who looked yeah, well, like you, who looked, you, who you, looked, you, you're using the wrong word. Well, well, what's the wrong word? You think, you think Carolina grinds, they don't grind. They're a machine. Oh, a finely Craig. oiled machine. Oh God. Okay. So it's, so it's not as hard for them. You don't think they're, you don't think they're, they're working. You don't think they're working. Did I say anything about them not working? No, but that's what I'm talking. They played the night before. It doesn't fucking you know? matter. The way they play the game, they play perfectly symmet- uh, symmetrical hockey. Every single movement on the ice is for a purpose. The way they work in a game is oh, okay. is is purposeful. And and I'm going to tell you right now, it's 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 like, you know. When so they didn't. So is, they didn't grind to get that win against LA and a five-four overtime loss on Wednesday or Tuesday night, or overtime win. Sorry, you know, I mean, they they didn't they didn't grind for that. They don't grind. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they grind. Okay. I think they play. Well, they play back to back games, and they looked like the fresher team. So that's all I'm saying to you is that sometimes it can it can backfire. Sabers are so outclassed when you play teams like that. Sabres have never listened to Polly Hamilton. I like almost his head popped off in between periods um, because he was just like, what the hell is going on? Like he, they cannot beat this team. They can, they've had such a difficult time with playing the Carolina hurricanes over the years that they struggle with this team in particular. And, and you, you, you ask yourself, why, why is that? You know, players have changed, you know, coaches have changed goaltenders defensemen they're 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 different but they just seem to struggle well clearly when they it's play harder for Carolina. more offensive players to score against very defensive players or very good very good defensive players well structured defensive players what's the right it, word because you, you want to correct me yes You're, and i and and, it, and it's very simple to say that all of the players that they have on their team they have some really offensive players, but those offensive players, the top guys, care just as much about defense as they do offense. What's wrong with Tate Thompson? Sir. Thanks, Tips. What's wrong with him, do you think? He look he, he didn't look like himself last night. He wasn't. He was hurt. He was hurt before. Um, he didn't practice uh the day prior. And, you know, he went out and he tried to play and very clearly he did not look like Tage Thompson. He looks like he is hurt. I don't know what it is, 
But uh, well, I mean, we'll know the been, severity of it if if he pulls out of the All Star game. He's going to pull out of the All Star game, no question, no question whatsoever. Really? Okay, guaranteed, hundred percent guaranteed. Well, that's concerning. No, it's not concerning. It is. It is. Um, it is something that the Sabers deep down inside are just truly thankful for because they this 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 young man don't needs say a break. He's not, okay okay yeah but what would you break, rather man. what would you rather have Tage Thompson go to the all-star game healthy or pull out of the all-star game and get his time off because he's hurt I don't yeah, want to well, hurt maybe, at all I don't care if it's a weak injury a yeah two so we don't injury. know what it is we don't know if he has an issue uh, issue with his wrist his elbow his shoulder his neck his back his knee his hip flexor his groin hamstring okay, so ankle. you just listed off every hockey okay. injury known to man so you could absolutely just, like, so we don't know what it is we don't know what his injury is what I will say is this that by Tage Thompson even playing in that game yesterday shows me that he is a playable person. Okay, he he is um he's not as hurt as if you were to if the Sabres were come out and say, listen, I mean, Tage Thompson is gonna be out for two weeks due to this injury, this lower body injury. That no. to me is more concerning. It wouldn't be but if this lower no body injury, injury destination, it would be just lower body injury. Exactly. And and what I really like about this, like when I really, really like about this is I would love nothing more. And this is just me as a uh, former player that understands exactly where all these men are, okay? I think Tage Thompson needs a break. I think he needs to go lay on a beach. I think he needs to go jump in a pool enjoy a beautiful beautiful vacation with his with his uh with his wife um and i think they have a do they have a newborn too i don't know i'm I'm pretty sure he is a dad i don't know how many times but yeah so i I want to take the kid on that trip listen i mean he, he needs to get away he needs to relax he's earned it he deserves it. He's had a terrific season up to this point. I think he needs some downtime to get away from this game. And I'm going to tell you, there's no better time to do it. Okay, today's Thursday, the uh, the the second. I would love for the Sabers to to basically say, Tage, come back on Monday. Okay, come back on Monday or even Tuesday. Even Tuesday, come back. Take take four days to yourself. Okay. Oh, you're going to give him more time than the rest of the team. Goddamn right I am. Oh, okay. You're really new school. Listen, I mean, I'm going to give him time. Especially with this oh, injury. Get your ass back with the rest of the fucking team and, and we'll see you at the rank. You don't have to skate, but we'll see you at the rank. Okay, so he's back on Monday. Okay. I said Monday. Yeah, okay, said, big no, deal. You gave him an extra day. You said Tuesday. And I'm like, no, no. What? Well, he's not going to skate, sorry. like because they have they don't play till the next Saturday. They have a lot of time off. This is well, they might get extra time perfect. off anyway. They might they get like a little a little break, so they might not have to report back until Wednesday or Thursday. Some of those other teams will report back because games start again on Monday. 
the Sabres yeah. don't play until what did you say it was? The, the 11th on Saturday. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a really good chunk of of time here that these players can take the opportunity, go and enjoy themselves, okay? Get some get some sun or or do whatever you want to do. You know, I I I had all-star breaks where I went up to uh, Mount Tromblon. Trevor Lynn and myself, Saku Koivu, rented a big, big uh, ski lodge house together. We went snowmobiling. We went, uh, we just went uh, uh, snowshoeing. Like we, we went, didn't go warm. We went colder. And, you know, that time away, just spending time away Sure not was warm thinking. by the fire with uh with the bourbon and the beers going down the body got got that warm tingly numb feeling but you had a couple rum toddies didn't you riv <laughs> yeah i did yeah i know you did you better freaking believe yeah, it. we didn't go and, warm yeah you did yeah warm in the belly but uh <laughs> you know those those times were awesome and and uh these these uh these young guys need this time off tage thompson needs this time off he needs to heal his body take care of himself but he also needs to get the mind away okay the mind away from this uh, this grind and the sabers have just a perfect perfect uh, situation because they can come back and slowly get this team back and fired up in in the next uh four four or five days and to be ready for uh the Calgary Flames. Yeah, my on, guess on is they, they part ways today. They have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. I bet they're back at the rink Wednesday for three days of practice before you know they have Calgary at home, 1230 on the 11th. And I, I'm going to tell you what, their schedule does not start easily. They're home on the 11th. Then they take off out west right away at L.A. on the 13th, at Anaheim Winn- on the 15th. Winnable game. 100% yeah. winnable game. They're all game. winnable. These are all San Jose is a winnable game. San Jose on like, on the Saturday, very winnable. Then they come home, then they have Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Okay? Like they're on the very road. tough stretch. They're on the road for, you know, a bunch the first two weeks or the last two weeks of February. They're on the road quite yep. a bit. Yep. So the schedule is not going to get easier for them. All right, as we were recording this this morning, uh, some news came out, and Craig is maybe unaware of this, but uh, kind of altered our entire conversation of what's inside the pod. So because we talked about it as a a curiosity as after the injury last night to Tage and all that stuff, he is not going to the All-Star game. This came out about uh, 25 minutes ago. We were, we were mid mid pod actually talking about why it would be so great for him to not go as you yep. were saying. And uh, as it turns out, Rasmus Dahlin, who I can't believe he wasn't there in the first place is going to be replacing Tage Thompson at the all-star game in Florida. So uh, it's official. Tage is not going to the all-star game. That That's bad news. You think it's great news from the standpoint of rest, oh. letting his body rest. Oh yeah. That's great news. I think that's, that's perfect. I think it's terrible news. Because that means that that the the injury is obviously significant <laughs> enough to keep a guy who has earned his right and his stripes as an all-star to go to the game and experience the weekend 
regardless of what we think about it, it's an honor for probably Tage Thompson to go to the All-Star game, show off the hardest shot, all that stuff, and now he can't go. So to me, that spells more significant than maybe we lead on. And as we were just having the conversation about Austin Matthews and what that means for the Leafs and how it can affect your team, if he's hurt, seriously hurt, this is bad, very bad for this team. I don't think he's seriously hurt. I think he's banged up. 50 games into the season, he has 68 reasons why he needs to stay home, rest, get some relaxation, um, heal up. They have 10, ga- 10 days before their next game against the um, you know, Carolina, uh, Calgary. And I am pleased with this because I'm, I'm going to tell you that you know, going to an all-star game is, is mentally draining. You got to have your happy face on for the entire weekend. You're, you're with guys. There's that anxiety to it. You, you know, this from your, all those all-star games that you played in. Yeah. I would always expect a dickhead uh, statement like that coming from you, but I mean, I know what you mean though. You know, I know, I know, I know. I You're think right. this is great for Tage Thompson. This is exactly what the team wants. This is what Tage wants. You know, he's earned to be an all-star and he is clearly an all-star. Um, and he will get that Jersey and they will send it to him. And it, and that Jersey will be hung on his, uh, on his wall at some point. But, uh, right now this is about getting Tage Thompson healthy. They have 10 days. That's a long, long time. And he needs it mentally and physically. Okay. So let me ask you something. So do you think Tage Thompson's happy? He's not going, let's forget about like what we, yes, I do. You do. Yes, I do. I, I, I do. I think, I think Tage, um, would have liked the opportunity to, to go there and represent, um, the Buffalo Sabres. But I think the opportunity to kind of step away from the game for a little while, and you're not stepping away from the game when you go to the all-star game, you're, you're prouncing around like a little circus circus animal, um, you know, and, uh, so you know, they're going to be doing gonna be signing sessions and you think he's going to be able to hop on a plane and go somewhere. I don't know. I don't know the severity of the injury and what, what it needs, but I would, I would think that there's a strong possibility that, uh, the Sabres will be sending a night, a, a couple plastic bags with them so they can put ice in the bag and he can just ice whatever he needs. He'll ice from the inside and he'll also ice on the outside. I don't know. And he needs, he needs to get away mentally. I mean, he has had an incredible year. All these guys, Tuck, Darlene, Skinner, Cousins, Olson, Mitzi, uh, uh, you know, Quinn, Paterka, all these guys, all of them. They all need a break. They've done they've done really well. This has been a nice season. It's been the best season that I've seen in in a decade for this team. I see the team growing and continuing to get better. And it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy to make the playoffs. But this is what Kevin Adams probably envisioned that at least they were playing meaningful games in the second half of the year. And when they come back from their break, and they have the opportunity for the next four or five days to really dial it in and get their brains back to playing competitively. They need to make a push. They need to play high end hockey, and I they want, need a they need a Tage Thompson to be healthy. 
I wonder with this young team, if there's just a bunch of guys, all these young millionaires on this team, just chartering a plane somewhere and all just going like seven, eight, nine guys. I don't think uh, that is the case now. Okay. But Why? in a year, two years from now, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of, because, you know, you're, you're chartering a plane. It's probably going to cost you like 50 grand minimum to have no, these guys not, fly. No, oh, not, yeah, not absolutely. for like, not for a plane for like seven, eight guys. That's not, that's not costing you 50 grand. There's no way. Not no way for for might for cost, a flight cost, there and back. Well, where are we going? Bahamas. Just, just throw the Bahamas out. That's most likely where these guys will go. Okay, so what's that? Four hour flight. Three. Okay, three. So, You're looking at twenty five grand for a private plane. Okay, seven guys. That's three grand a guy. <laughs> let's let's go. You only live once, man. Fuck. Yeah. You only live once. Um, all right. Well, maybe not right now. Maybe someone picks up the plane. Who knows? <laughs> maybe the only person that's picking up the plane on this team is Caliposo because he's loaded. Okay. But in due time, you're gonna have a Tage Thompson that's making seven schmilly. Alex Tuck's making what? Almost five. Darlene's gonna be making Let's just say nine and a half. 10. He makes six now. You're telling me if Darlene, he makes, he's on an $18 million contract. Okay. And it's a lot different when you go and sign an eight year deal for 75 million. Yeah. It's a different category of, of player. Believe me, I played with the players that, that have made the money. All right. Guys that make the money are the guys that, you know, you know, you know, Joe Thornton back in our time in 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 um in San Jose was the one player that had uh, a private plane and he owned uh shares in it. So yeah, you yeah. can fly all over the place, blah 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 for for they paid uh, like know. it was like a hundred and twenty five grand or something. Yeah. I remember these guys were paying yeah. and they and, got like a hundred hours or something in, in the air. You know, what it was or you're gonna see cousins, cousins gonna be freaking rolling in it, just diving in friggin' a bed of money. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that make a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of guys that make a lot of money. You know, look at, look at cousins or, uh, look at, uh, what's his name? Power. Kid's a freaking kid, like literally out of diapers, man. The guy's like just an absolute mutant on the ice. He's 20 years old. He's flying around. Like he's already been in the league for 10 years. It's absolutely ridiculous. And what you need to understand about, about his situation is he only he came here and played last year right and that burnt one of the years of his contract so rookies are on three-year contracts don't uh um owen power already burned a year so he's playing in the second year of his contract this year so let me tell you are you going to sign owen power to a contract after this year or are you going to make him wait and and play out his his last year. No, this is this is a different situation, Craig. <laughs> it's this it's is, the most like you like Kevin Adams. A... Kevin Adams cannot, and I repeat, cannot allow Owen Power to to play the last year of his contract. Because do you know what you're going to get, in Owen Power, 
in the second year in the NHL at age 21? Well, he's in the conversation right now for the Calder Trophy. It's Who undeniable. Gives a shit about the Calder Trophy. I don't care about the Calder. He's not going to win the Calder Trophy. He's not going to win the Calder Trophy. I'll guarantee you. I will give you 10 to 1 odds. He's not winning the Calder. Veneers is going to win the Calder. Undeniable. What? Undeniable. How, how? Who? Oh, Beniers. 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 I, I thought you said in ten years he's going to win the Calder. And I'm no, like, in, you think I'm talking about the Norris Matt Beniers. Literally locked, locked to win the Calder. Yeah. He is playing as their number one. Number. He's on number the ice. One he's on the ice at the end of games when they're up by a goal, down by <laughs> a goal. Like he's their key faceoff guy. He, I mean, he's he is true to form. He's a stud. Yeah. Second, wait, was he second overall? I think he was um, second yeah, overall. So he's an absolute stud. He's he's played really well for for Seattle Kraken. Um, you know his point totals are not not overwhelming. Like he's got seventeen goals and thirty six points in forty seven games. It's not like wow, this guy is like shredding it. But you know, Matt Beniers really is is the runaway leader of of the Calder right now. But here's the thing. I don't this has nothing to do with the Calder. When you watch Owen Power play as a 20-year-old man, when you watch his package that he that he has 67 220 pounds, he's a big long man as a defender. To beat him, he's very long. I mean, one-on-one, you're not beating him. Um his puck moving ability is incredible incredible for a big man his skating is completely off the chart his offensive ability this guy literally looks like a rover he does i don't even i don't even think you should put him down as a defenseman there should be an r in brackets not like a c or a right wing or a left wing or a d for a defense you should have r for rover because he is up the ice every single time he's out there he's behind the net like he's adding offense constantly and he's 20 he's still trying to figure out the game so kevin which i think kevin already knows what do you do with own power you cannot and i repeat you cannot under any circumstances allow that kid to play the last year of that deal who's the defenseman in ottawa a few years ago that signed that 8 for 8 shabbat Okay, so, I mean, wh- why can we not just say to Owen Power, we'll give you eight for nine, or nine, nine million for eight years? So, is that not enough? So, well, like, I, I, in all honesty, with the way you're talking, that doesn't even sound like it's enough. So, like, what, what did like he, he should, it, 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 let's just go over this. Let, let's talk about this. When you, when you, you know, you, when you talk about, you know, Thomas Shabbat, okay, who signed that contract, he signed an eight-year deal for $64 million, okay? Thomas Shabbat right now is in the third year of that deal. It was his second contract, too, important to note. Like, I don't, well, I don't, there was no bridge deal. It was his entry no, level. No, there, there was not a bridge deal. Yeah, he went right there, from entry level to eight for eight. Yeah, that's, there was, that's the only reason why I'm having this discussion because Darlene had a three-year bridge, you know, Hedman had a bridge, 
you know, Owen Power, we're talking about no bridge, just just lock him up long term. Yeah. Um I mean Thomas Shabbat is 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 a is a really, really good defenseman. He was drafted eighth eighteenth overall back in 2015. So he's drafted 18th. He was a he's a big man. He skates really well. He's an offensive player. Okay. He's really uh moves the puck very well for for the senators. Um you know, I, I wouldn't classify Thomas Shabbat as as a star. Okay, I I classify him as a really good defenseman that that uh, skates well, moves the puck well, and he's considered Ottawa's offensive defenseman. Okay, he has twenty nine points, eight goals in forty five games. Twenty nine, eight, and forty five games. He's he's a really good player. Like he's a fifty. He's going to be probably a fifty point player this year. Owen Power is is I mean I mean Owen Power and Thomas Shabbat to me can't be mentioned in the same breath. And I know what Thomas Shabbat has done in the league. Like he's played one, two, three, four, five, six years in the league. He's been a really good player in this league. Okay. But the upside of Owen Power is extreme. When you're talking about Owen Power, the, there's there's very few players that you can actually mention in the same breath as Owen Power. Okay, you're not going to sit there and say Owen Power reminds me of Eric Carlson. No, no, he doesn't. They're not anywhere the same. And you're not going to say that Owen Power is going to be as good as Kale McCarr. Well, they're not the same defenseman. They're very different. Okay, but I'll tell you a player that can go in the same context as Owen oh, Power. Go ahead. Just it, go ahead and throw it at me, bud. It, it, well, I mean, it's Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman is six foot six, just like Owen Power. Owen Power's 220 pounds. It was basically the same size as what uh, Victor Hedman was. The difference between the two is Victor Hedman was drafted, I think, third overall or second. second I don't yeah. know which one it was. Second overall. And Owen Power's number one. Owen Power at the age of 20, is playing like he's 30. Now, is he making mistakes? I I clearly watch him very closely, and he does make mistakes. He makes mistakes because he's very aggressive in how he defends and what he does on offense. He's very aggressive, and he's making little mistakes, things that he will pick up in year two, three, four, five, and beyond, okay? What we're going to get in Owen Power Right now, currently, Kevin Adams wouldn't be able to answer that question. You have no idea what you're going to get. No, you can't answer the question. What are we going to get? What is the ceiling for Owen Power? And right well, now, okay, well, what's the nobody, bare minimum? The bare minimum of Owen Power is going to be a top four defenseman, and he's going to be a guy that puts up 30 points a year. That is the bare minimum. That is the absolute minimum that you will get from him. That he's going to be a top four guy that plays 21 minutes a night and he's just a real solid top four defenseman. Okay, that's... I mean, that's... That's for the minimum and I gave it to you. Okay. That is the minimum. The upper side of of, uh, Owen Power is he's going to win Norris trophies. 
He's going to win Norris trophies. And when you have a Norris trophy type defenseman like that, he gives you opportunities to win championships. And I think Owen Power right now, with his package in what he has, size-wise, skating-wise, hockey IQ-wise, competitiveness, um, he he just he we do we, we do not know what we're getting in this young man. Because right, watching me- him at the age of 20, 20 years old, and watching him play his first year, which usually for young defensemen um is very tough. Okay. We're not talking we're not talking a Kale McCarr that came to the league at 22. We're talking a 20-year-old. A 20-year-old. Okay, so what that- so what's the number for him then? If if you were to sign in this offseason, would Kevin Adams be you know, scrutiny. Rasmus Dahlin has set his market. Rasmus Dahlin has set a market for himself with his play in year, what are we, year five? Are we in year five for Dahlin or year six? Five. Okay. So in year five, looking at Rasmus Dahlin, he has clearly set a market and a bar that he is a top five, top five and could be in an argument uh, situation where he is absolutely with 100% certainty in the top 10. Okay. He has set that bar for himself in year five. He, he had a bridge deal that has been signed. That was a very good bridge deal, making $6 million a year for three years. But now you have clearly opened an opportunity for Rasmus Dahlin to exceed the expectations of a $6 million deal. And he has, you're going to have to pay him. And if you can, if you can get him and just get him for nine and a half million dollars, nine and a half, I think you're, you're walking away with a steal because you're not going to, his next contract is going to be eight years. Uh, I think we're looking at 10. I think it's going to be the first number. I would hope it's not 10. It's, I it's, really would hope it's not 10. If wow. you want to be competitive in this league right now, you cannot have double-digit defensemen in the league. Well, I think we both Can't. can agree that it was completely horseshit that he wasn't in the All-Star game, and that's the format that, that screwed him over. He's <laughs> going to replace Tage at the All-Star game, but he's a he's a $10 million defenseman. Like You're telling me that you can't pay him? He, he's more than that. Oh, what are no you talking question. about? He's like a like, Drew Doughty. He's like, like a, he's like a, Drew Doughty signed for eleven million. Like, like I don't even know how many. That years was after. Ago. Yeah, I know because Drew Doughty signed that long deal for like seven million per year, and then he, like look know. at the point totals: 44, 40, 23, 53 last year, and this year he has fifty-five in forty-nine games. Like he's going to have, like, he's gonna have ninety points this year. He, he's he could have ninety points as a defenseman. He could have 20 goals and 90 points. What the hell do you pay that? What do you pay a defenseman who just puts up 90 points? Well, who's playing on your I'm first power sorry. play? Did I say who's 10? killing penalties? Did I say 10? That's what I'm saying, Petey. Okay, so I'm at 11. Like, th- so would you be- have to find a way to get Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power wrapped up as a pair, not as a pair on the ice, but yeah. a pair for 20 million total between the two. I mean, it has to be that way. I would hope it'd be less than that. 
I I, I think that Rasmus Dahlin is in fu- in year five. Then would you his... trade him? Would you trade him if the number's Absol- too high? Absolutely. I'm not trading either one of those guys. They're absolute stud ball horses on your you back end. You need them You're both. Not... If you have hundred thousand percent, you need them both. Hundred thousand percent. Hundred thousand percent. They play. Dahlin plays half the game right now. Own power in another two years from now when he's not 20 years old, like he's a kid, his body's still growing and getting stronger and becoming man muscle and man strength. Okay. He's going to learn the league and how to eat properly, deal with, you know, well, this, games, well, game night fine. situations. This salary everything. cap situation the Sabres are in, this dream salary cap that everyone's loving, it's going to come to a crashing halt real soon. But that's okay. You're going to identify your elite. And people are players. talking about Timo Meyer. You seen the asking price for Timo Meyer? I don't think it's that bad, to be honest with you. But I think was it whole... three first rounders? Uh, Equivalent to three first rounders. I think it's a first rounder. Yeah. I think it's your one of your top prospects. And then they want. Then he wants two prospects that are second tier. So a first. A plus top prospect, two B prospects, or one good prospect with a young roster player. So the first rounder you can part with. I'll give him the first. An A plus top prospect. That's a Matt Savoy or uh, any one of the others. A Coolidge. Yeah. Oh, they're uh, going to want Coolidge. They're going to want everybody Coolidge. does their homework. Everybody does their homework. And I'm going to tell yeah. you right now the stud that this team would want to keep their hands on is Yari what's Kulich. a B pro- what are B prospects in the Sabres organization like is Casey Middlestad still a prospect he would be a young roster player okay all you One need to know is prospect it, it you're it's you can make the deal it's where does he fit in long term when you're already going to have, have to Portillo, pay Dylan fucking, Cousins give him Portillo that's an A plus prospect yeah, uh, maybe but not an A plus. That's a Mike Greer's not a stupid guy. Why would you sign him, or or why why would you ask for him in the trade? Like he would be a very low end ask because he's going to be unrestricted anyway, and that guy's going to be signing where he wants to. All right. Um, I just I, to, to end so the conversation. It was back. The conversation was a salary cap, but yeah, what were you going to say? To end the conversation with power, he will be signed. They have to. So will Darlene. Both of them. They will be signed. So Dylan Cousins has to be signed. And Owen Power is going to get paid in a big way. And you look at Thomas Shabbat and the money that he got from the Ottawa Senators. That was three years ago that he got that money. And he's making $8 million. So what is Owen Power worth? What is he truly worth? Moving forward, you've seen what he's done this year alone and the growth that this this young man is going to have. Is he worth $9 million to lock him up for nine, $9 million for eight? Is it going to be eight and a half for eight? Well, bye-bye to uh, Olofsson. Bye-bye to Middlestad. That's... Uh... Seven point two five million, right there. Kyle Oposo's contract gets cut by five million. There's twelve point two five, right there. Um, you know, Gergensen's probably leaves, although 
you know, I'd, I'd bring him back. Although I don't know if he'd want to come back, but there's another 2 million. So now you're at 14 million, but you have to replace these players with guys. And then you got to pay. You're going to have to pay. That's why that's why bringing players in from the outside is not the priority right now because this team is so young. The Tage Thompson, the Tuck, the Darlene, the Cousins, and and, and you know the middle stats, the Jack Quins, the Paterkas, like there is a own power. The youth on this team, the it's it's they're they're not about winning right now. This is about developing a very big core getting these players under contract that is not only going to bode well in the short term, but really bode well in the long term. And Kevin Adams is going to have to get these guys signed. Like, I think people are crazy to think that Darlene's increase is only going to be 3 million. I don't know. Uh, At the start of the year, it would have been, but not right now. It is. He's all, he's all of 11 million. Well, right now the, all the, the pressure the pressure that's going to be on every single player in the negotiations of these contracts is going to basically be looking at Tage Thompson's contract. This is what Tage Thompson has signed. He's our leading scorer. He's our leading point producer. He is bought into this team. He could have waited, and he's making seven point one four million dollars a year for the next seven years. If you have, so what's going to happen with Dylan Cousins? Dylan Cousins in the last, what, five, eight games has kind of fallen off the point-producing situation, um, taking off the number one power play. So they're trying to figure out how to kickstart the power play, but at the same time, that means Dylan Cousins' point production is probably going to suffer a little bit because he's ultimately playing with um, two very skilled players in Quinn and Paterka, but they're very young players right now. So what is Dylan Cousins worth? My last question for you, well, that's it'll be interesting. Uh, if Tage is out for a while and he has to assume that role, it'll be interesting to see what he can do up on, as a top-line center. I would assume that's what would happen. He's not Tage Thompson. Dylan Cousins is a very good hockey player. Well, don't say that because Tage Thompson wasn't Tage Thompson until he got his chance too. So we don't, we don't know that. Yeah, and you look at Dylan Cousins at his age, at age 21, he was far beyond Tage Thompson at the same age. Dylan Cousins is only 21 years old. He's got a long, long, long way to go. It's, I mean, he's awesome. So let me ask you this last question about the Sabres. Depending on the severity of Thompson's injury, okay, does it potentially change Kevin Adams' approach to the trade deadline if Tage Thompson does have some sort of a significant injury? Let's just hypothetical here yeah hypothetical um because i don't want him to be hurt he's been exciting to watch and i really want to see him finish the season and i want to see what kind of numbers he can put up yeah i hope this break is enough time for him to get what he needs to get healthy and get back but let's yeah, just say i don't it's know what the i don't know what the injury is but i feel confident to say that to have Tage Thompson play in that game last night, skate around, do what he has to do. And I think they're just at the point where it's, they were like, you know, 3-1 going into the third period. If you're not 100%, we we are looking at you being here long-term for the rest of the year. Let's shut you down. Let's make sure it doesn't get worse. And I think that's the focus of, of Buffalo. But your question that I, about this is, if Tage Thompson is out, does this change the course 
of of Kevin Adams and what he would do. And and I would I think Kevin Adams really has um I think he feels very comfortable with what he ha- has on the ice right now. I think he just needs time. He ultimately needs time to let this team mature and to learn how to play like a Carolina team that that are a little bit older, a little bit stronger, a little bit smarter in how they do things. And, uh, and the only way of doing that is to, to allow the young players to to make mistakes, learn from the mistakes, and get better. So I, I think that Kevin Adams is, if if you lose Tage Thompson, then I don't think Kevin Adams is going to do anything at all. Hard to do anything without your best player. Yes. So. And you're not going to, you're not going to trade away assets. Well, you're you know what? I still, I still assets. could see him. I still, if he's serious about going and getting um, Timo Meyer, like I could still see him going and pulling off that deal. And I wonder right now if the only holdup, because the Sabres have all the assets, if they really want him, I would have to imagine the only holdup is talking to his agent and getting a contract signed and coming to an agreement. I mean, I just, I think you're, you know, Timo Meyer is an awesome player. I don't know where he fits in. And, and I know where he fits in. He would be one of the top players on the team. But that being said, where does he fit in financially long term? for this hockey team and i just don't see it because in due time you're going to be paying a lot of players thompson's uh contract kicks in darlene's going to need a new contract dylan cousins is going to need a new contract um you know at some point in time owen power is going to need a new contract but jack quinn jj paterka it's the first year in the league what's going to happen in two years from now with these two young players i'm going to tell you right now they're going to shred it I've, they're going to be point of game players, and you're going to have to pay them. So if you're paying Timo Meyer, eventually you're not going to have the money to pay the rest of your young players. If Jeff Skinner were movable, I I would move him and and bring in Meyer. I would def, I think that would be, but I but but I I don't think that he is. But you're also getting maximum. Uh, output from Jeff right now in terms of chemistry on that line. So I I don't know what I would change. I don't know that I would go and pull a drastic move like this. I'm with you. I don't think I don't think they need him. I don't know where he fits. It's all I I mean I don't well, want he, he fits think... he fits in Jeff Skinner's position. But if you have Jeff Jeff Skinner in this lineup, then you don't have a spot for Timo Meyer because you're not paying a nine million dollar Jeff Skinner and you're not going to pay, you know, a, an eight and a half uh, $9 million Timo Meyer. Well, if you bring in a $9 million Timo Meyer and you have to move out of Jeff Skinner, you're picking up half Skinner's salary. So now you're paying Meyer $13.5 million. So let's be honest. It's, it's a sticky situation that, well, what's going to happen is you may not have to uh, take the salary of Jeff Skinner, but you're going to be taking on another bad contract from another team that could be four and a half, $5 million, which there's your, you know, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd rather just have the half the salary sitting there as dead money. But then again, it's not my money. One team that I think can definitely benefit from uh, the time off are the Leafs with Austin Matthews injury because clearly they're struggling without him. They played; they got shit kicked last night against Boston. 
that's not the Leafs aren't going to get past Tampa. I want to say I'd love to see I'd love to see uh, Boston, Toronto in the second round, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I just uh, I just don't think it's going to happen, man. I'll say this again. I think I think the playoffs setup is absolutely horseshit. To sit there and think that we've got to go as a team, and I'm talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, that we've got to play an 82 game schedule, play fantastic. Like I mean, fantastic throughout the entire season. They sit right now in the in the league. They sit in the league. They sit third. They sit third. And you're gonna meet the number six. You're gonna meet the number six in the first round of the playoffs. Way to go, Gary. Oh, poor shit. Setup. I don't even sit there and tell me that you don't you don't believe what I'm saying. No, I I don't. But it's it's not even really. You do or you don't. You I, you you think this is right that Tampa Bay and Toronto are playing and they're number I three prefer and number six this way league? because it's the it's closest to the way that I would prefer it, which is divisions. I don't you know what? You have a strong division, you have a strong division. I'm sorry. Well, you're sorry. an idiot then. I'm just gonna say right out. I don't know why stupid that stupid Edie. You play the entire 82-game schedule. You get beat up. You have broken bones, torn this, torn that. And now, all of a sudden, you should be number one. If you want to do it conference-wise, I'm totally fine with that. Keep the conferences separate, okay? So your number one would play number eight. How hard is that? How hard is that? You're going to have the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's number six in the league. It's complete horseshit. (laughs) Well, it's it's really only the four teams in the middle because Boston, the top team plays wild card two. The second top team in the other division plays wild card one. And then you have the two teams from inside the division. So it's really only four teams that have to end up. So it's not like, you know, like who would Toronto be playing anyway? They'd be playing Jersey. Okay. Well, Jersey's good. You play and, your whole season. Or they'd the be Boston playing Bruins, the number one Rangers. team in the league. Sorry. The number one team in the league are going to play Boston or going to play Tampa Bay or Toronto. Yeah. Well, the, the point of the conversation though, is more about I can't, what can they do without Austin Matthews? And I don't think it's very much, but I don't think well, Austin Matthews was that big of it would have been that big of a difference maker uh, in that game last night. Yeah, I really don't. Well, I'll I'll tell you this: like when you think of the Boston Bruins and me as a player that played against them for 16 years, there's one thing I think about when I think of Boston Bruins, and that's defensively responsible team. They're a defensively responsible team. They had Zidane Achara as their captain there for many, many, many years. And he was one of the greatest leaders out there. He, he kept everybody accountable because if you did not play the right way, if you did not play defense, I'm going to tell you right now, you're getting a six foot nine angry giant. Okay. And then you have, you know, Patrice Bergeron, who has literally learned through his time and and grown into one of the greatest leaders again. But when you think of Patrice Bergeron, you think of Selkie. You think of defense. You think of responsible. But a guy that also scores 30 goals and puts up 70, 80 points a year. Okay? And then you think of Brad Marchand. You think of Rat. You think of talented. 
You think of point producer, but you also think one of the greatest defenders in the league. So when you think of Boston, you're thinking defending right now in the, in the NHL, the Boston Bruins are number one. They've allowed 111 goals. The second team is the Rangers at 129. 129 goals. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's such a massive difference between number one and number two, let alone, you know, Anaheim has double, I mean, double the goals against double. They're the last team in the league. A hundred more goals against. I mean, defense wins championships. When I think of the Toronto Maple Leafs, what's the first thing that you think about? Goals. Offense. Offense, offense, offense. Their identity is Austin Matthews. Their identity is Matthews, Marner, and, and Nylander. Okay, that's their identity. Yes, you can throw John Tavares in there. Leaf fans are probably like, oh, what about John? JT's awesome, you know, and he's a good hockey player. But their identity, your identity in Toronto is Austin Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. And I'm going to tell you right now, do you think Do you think Nylander is considered in your mind? Well, Morgan Riley, too. Just yeah. chuck him in there. Just chuck him in there for yep. conversation. But when you th- When you think of Austin Matthews, do you think defense no i don't when you think william nylander you think defense okay no. so i'm not they saying they don't against, play defense so i'm just go, saying that's not what the first thing i think of you think of offense so austin have, matthews by the way austin matthews has been blocking a ton of shots this year tons of shots know that yeah so like you know it's one of those things it was a conversation up in toronto where they think they're saying you know stop blocking shots Stop blocking oh, shots. Yeah, that's that's what they should be doing. Well, what you you think Austin Matthews should be blocking shots? Like he one fucking so- thousand percent, he should be blocking shots. One thousand percent. Let me let me tell you this. Do you think Brad Marshall as much as like shot? he's going out of his way to block shots? I'm not saying like I'm not saying like uh, he's standing in the shot lane and just you know turns his body or puts his shin pads in front of it. I'm talking about like. Like sliding across the middle, not sliding, but like skating across the middle of the ice and like taking one wide open. He took one on the palm of his hand in one of the games not long ago, and he he didn't get hurt from it, or I don't know, maybe he did, but um, didn't seem to appear to bother him. But all I'm saying is the conversation was why if he takes one of those off the fucking hand and or wrist and breaks a bone in his hand, he's done for the year. Oh, so. Okay. I mean, is it really worth it? You got a goalie with all his pads on. Fucking stop the puck. Get out of the way and go score the goals. I'm not it's, saying don't play uh, defense. Can I Can I just ask you a question then? Yeah. Do you think Steve Stankos is going to block the shot? Yeah. I do. We what know about, he is. We what about is. Braden Point? Yeah, we know he is. Um, You know, when you, when you look at, you know, Boston, these are teams that Toronto's going to have to play against. Is, is Bergeron going to block a shot? Asternak, okay. I don't know. Brusque, Coyle, Krejci. Every single player on that team is expected, obligated to do all these things because these things are what help you win. So when you're sitting there 
I know, but I might want to just designate interesting it to talk a about viewer. you listening to, uh, you know, and reading an article or, or a statement saying that they do not want Austin Matthews blocking a shot just in no, case no, no. he gets as hurt. As much because he, like, from the standpoint, like, don't don't put yourself at risk. But if you're in the shot lane, yeah, take the shot off the shin pads or the you know ankle. Fuck, you're you're fine. But I'm just saying, like, coming across and like opening wide up to a one timer where you can just. I think I think it's a fair argument. I mean, he's the guy's. Uh, I mean, he's not right now, but he was a sixty goal scorer last year. Hard for Austin Matthews. Just look at, like, look at the Leafs right now. You know, they they are they lost that game to Ottawa. Now, granted, that might have been the whole Samsonov uh, Matt Murray goaltender swap just at the end of warm up. But but I mean, they lost that game to Ottawa, and then they beat Washington, but then they outclassed last night. So they need this guy. So he. he I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. Like, when we played in Buffalo here, Chris Drury, that was kind well, of in me, his Let me, was let me ask you DNA, this question. I, like, I never wanted to see Danny B go and slide in front of a shot. Who's more important to their team, Pasternak or Austin Matthews? Austin Matthews. Okay. In, in, in a much higher scale, because I'm looking at Pasternak, he's doing the same thing as what he does yes, every I year, think, and that's I think crush it. Austin Matthews is a... Ten times greater loss than Pasternak is to the Bruins. Okay. What about what about Bergeron to the Bruins? Bruins have already proven that they can be successful with star okay. players. What about hurt. Sebastian Ajo, who's number two the in the year, league? They started the year without McAvoy and Ber, uh, uh, Marshawn, and they uh, yeah. have not missed a beat. So, so what about what about Ajo for Carolina? If you lose Ajo. And you lose Matthews, who's a bigger loss for their team? Matthews. Okay. What? I'm 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 just clearly stating a point of like when you're looking at the elite teams in 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 the game, and you talk about Pasternak, who right now has 38 goals, 72 points, and 51 games he's plus 25 and if you're to take Pasternak off the team where do the Boston Bruins do they still have their identity yes they do Brad Marchand Krejci Bergeron Zaka uh Lindholm Taylor Hall McAvoy DeBrus Coyle Felino. like I mean they have their team is not based on one or two players where Toronto is based off if you lose Mitch Marner in a game, your chances of winning the game go down tremendously. If you do not have Austin Matthews, you are in big, big trouble. Okay. If you're in Carolina and you lose Sebastian Ajo, it's not nearly as big because the players that are behind Sebastian Ajo in the lineup, there's much more depth. If you were to lose, Nikita Kucherov in Tampa Bay, which they've already done before. If you lose him, where do you fit? Where does that team go? Well, you're going to have Stamkos, Point, all those players that are behind Kucherov are going to continue to to propel this team in the right direction. Toronto is based off of basically four players. If you lose one of the four, you are completely screwed. I would I would agree completely with that. So with that being said, um, 
tomorrow, tune into the grades, Saber grades, right? You got your grades ready to go? Yeah. We did it last year and, and people loved it. They 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 loved it because uh, there's a lot of opinion and a discussion that goes into this. And we had a lot of traction last year where people are like, you're crazy gun not giving this guy this grade or that grade. So I'm uh, I'm excited to do the grades this year. You're top forwards, forwards, D, goaltenders and uh, management. Uh, uh, people say that you're too tough. Your grades are too tough. I'm curious to know what your grades are. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRave52, at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.